0: Well, welcome to The Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine, and it is so good to see you with us here today on our very first Sunday at T.C. Robertson High School. Come on, somebody. Man, I tell you what, we we have been praying about this and excited about this and in expectation about this day for so long now. Just this past Thursday, we had... Uh, about 12 hours to kind of get used to being at the school and set up our new stuff and get things ready. And so many of you showed up and just flexed your purpose a little bit on Thursday and showed us your skills. And, uh, and man, what, one of my favorite moments was, uh, we have a guy at our church, I'm going to call him out, his name's Andrew Polk. And Andrew Polk was standing over in the corner, and they were looking at the lighting console, trying to figure out some new lights and stuff like that. And and, uh, and Robert said, well, I need somebody to run lights. And I said, Robert, have you met Andrew? I said, this guy right here, he's your new... He's your new lighting expert. And Andrew came up the next morning, learned new systems, watched YouTube videos, and, uh, and, and is now our, our resident lighting expert at The Gathering Church. So many stories just like that one. So many people just serving, selflessly giving, and, and we are so grateful. What an amazing Sunday. What, what an incredible future for us here at The Gathering. We are so excited. And so, uh, if you didn't know... From this point on, this is our new home. This is it. This is where we will be worshiping. Uh, a couple things to share with you before I get into the message. First, you should know that on December 30th, next Sunday, there will be no services. We're gonna we're not gonna have services. We're gonna stop for for the new year and get ready. And then in January 6th, we'll be right back in here on that Sunday and every Sunday after for 2019 holding worship services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. right here at T.C. Robertson. So don't come on the 30th. If you do, it's just a high school. You'll probably be given homework that you'll have to do. uh, And then come back on January 6th, and we can't wait to worship with you then. I also want to let you know that one of the things we want to do as we get into 2019 is make sure that we start the year right. And so we want to give that. The first couple of weeks of this year is a sacrifice uh, to the Father. So what we're going to do is have 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning on January 13th, the second Sunday of the month. We're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. and that, 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 We'll give you a lot more details about that as we go. There'll be a daily prayer service you can join us for online. And then on the Saturdays during that time, we'll gather together for worship. And, and so uh, I'll give you all the details you need on the 6th. We'll also have some resources if you've never been a part of something like that before that'll help you learn how to pray every day for 21 days. We'll give you some resources on fasting if you've never fasted before. If you've never fasted before, we're just going to ask you not to eat or drink anything for the first 21 days. And <laughs> It's just the best way to learn is just to go all in and rip the Band-Aid off, you know. So we'll give you some literature and some resources to help you out with that. But I'm so excited. We had a 21 Days of Prayer in August, and God moved in such powerful ways in my life, in my heart, in the life of our church. I believe it was the most powerful season of prayer we've ever had as a church, and I believe this next one is going to be even greater still. And so we hope you'll join us for that. Well, today is Christmas. It's our Christmas Eve Eve service at the gathering, and we, we want to celebrate Christmas with you. You know, Christmas is a time for celebration. It's what we do. I, mean, I love christmas celebrations i love the tradition of it i love just about everything about christmas i love christmas movies like home alone and the grinch my favorite of course being die hard love that movie just just puts me in the christmas spirit every year you know uh, and so I love all that. I love the lights and, uh, and the trees and, and everything. My favorite is Christmas Eve because in my family, we would open up gifts at, at, the, at the evening of Christmas Eve. And that morning we'd wake up, my mom would let us open up one gift and spoiler alert, it's pajamas. Great again. And then we would go to Christmas Eve service and come home and Then everybody would be laughing and telling stories. All the extended family would be there. We'd eat Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, and just the Lord was in that place, you know, with the nuggets. (laughs) It reminds me, one of my favorite stories, I wasn't even there, it was before my time, but one year, my granddad was a funny guy, and he, he had kind of a dark sense of humor at times, and... One year they were at Christmas Eve service and they had the the house all set up at my great aunt's house and had presents and and lights and and ornaments on the tree. They had all this food cooked and they were ready to have the feast when they came back. And granddad just thought it would be funny to go and take all the presents and, and just grinch the whole place, you know, just take the decorations and the presents and the food and hide it. So when everybody got back from service, it was just an empty building and I just hope that doesn't happen to you today. <laughs> and if any relatives are missing, make sure you send them a text message right now. But you know, what I've found, for me at least, is that as I get older and life gets a little bit heavier, that this season gets a little bit disillusioned for me. You know, I used to start to listen to Christmas music around October. I just couldn't couldn't get enough of it. My favorite Christmas song is Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. I love it. I don't know why I've never been heartbroken at Christmas before. I just have a playlist though. It's 12 songs and it's 12 different artists singing Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. I love the Christmas music. I love the decorate. I used to like to put my Christmas tree out as soon as Halloween was over. I thought it's now the Christmas season, but this year I just haven't been able to get into it as much. I've, I've had a lot going on, been thinking about a lot, and I just Half the time, I'm just, I'm just not even listening to music. The, the Christmas music, I'm just thinking, I've heard it all before. Let's change the channel and get something different on. I, I'm finding, as I talk to people, that this isn't just me. That, that many of us, as we get to this time of year, we get a little bit dis-overwhelmed with the expectation and with the commercialism. And I think more and more, this is becoming common in our culture. I think Christmas is becoming one of those moments where we celebrate because we know we should celebrate. We know it's the right thing to do. We're supposed to make ourselves merry at Christmas. We're supposed to put the smile on and be a little nicer to everybody, but the reality is we're stressed about all the money that we spent that we didn't have, and we're thinking about the people who should be there with us this year who aren't, and, and we're overwhelmed with the expectation of everything that's coming in the months following, and Christmas is really just one of those times where we put a smile on and try to celebrate and pretend like everything's okay. I think a lot of things tend to get in the way of us celebrating. Maybe your life's just too busy, and it feels like there's a never-ending list of things that just won't ever get done. And as a result, it's hard to feel like you've got time to stop and celebrate a little bit. Maybe this has been a hard season for you, or a hard year, or a hard decade and all the extra cheer going around this time of year just seems to make it a little bit worse. And you think about if you celebrate, you start to feel a little bit guilty for it because how could you celebrate and be happy at a time like this with circumstances like these? But here's what I know about celebration. Celebration is like Sabbath. If it's intentional and if it's for the right purpose, it can fill you up and restore your soul. And so maybe none of that applies to you at all. Maybe you you you're this you're ready for Christmas Eve tomorrow. You're gonna party until the eggnog is gone. Maybe you're just what I want to do is just remind us a little bit this morning about how who we celebrate matters, why we celebrate matters, and what we celebrate matters. I believe God loves celebration. I think it's in his character, it's in his nature. In fact, I believe God loves celebration so much that he celebrates. There's this great story in Luke chapter 15. Jesus is talking to the people and he's explaining what the kingdom of God is like. And he's explaining who God is and what he is like. He tells a couple stories about people giving away everything they had in order to throw the greatest party they've ever thrown to celebrate finding things that had been lost. And then he tells this longer story about a son who collected the inheritance from his father long before his father passed. And he left and, and became as though he were dead to his family. Basically said, I don't need you anymore. I just want the money and I don't need this family anymore. He went on and lived his own way. Lived his own way until the resources ran out because at some point they always do. And he, he started to just kind of live in homelessness and had kind of a difficult time for a while. And one day he realized even my father's servants are doing better than I'm doing right now. Maybe if I go home, He'll just let me be a servant in the household, and that'd be better for me. So he goes home, and he's got this story in his head, and he's got this explanation that he's ready to give his dad, and he's ready to just beg and, and wallow. And he, he's worried that he's going to receive shame when he gets home, and guilt when he gets home, and that the father's just not going to receive him at all. But he gets over the crest of a hill, and his father's been waiting for him, watching in expectation that one day his son would appear on that hill. And when he sees him, he sprints across this field, wraps him up in his arms. And he says, his son starts to explain all the reasons why it happened and starts to give his excuse. And he says, I don't need to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And Luke 15, 22 says, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And so they began to celebrate. Even our Father in heaven celebrates. Our God loves to celebrate. Jesus told this story To help people understand that you can know God exactly who you are, exactly where you are, that he won't look at you and remember the shame of your past, but he'll look at you with hope for your future. And that he will receive you in, not with all the reasons you should have come home earlier, but with a party and a celebration because you're here today. See, God loves a celebration. And when we celebrate, it honors what he's done for us. God asks his people to have celebrations throughout the Old Testament and even on. He gives them reasons to celebrate. God does miracles all throughout his story in the Bible. And after the great miracles, God says you need to stop for a moment and celebrate what's been done here. In ancient Jewish culture, there were three main feasts and festivals that they celebrated. There was Passover, the Feast of the Tabernacles, and the Feast of Weeks. And for all three things, they were commemorating one of the miracles that God had done for them. And what they would do is they would travel from wherever they lived to Jerusalem. They would stop working for eight days, and they would just party and feast and celebrate and honor everything that God had done for them so far. It was meant to be a moment of pure joy. God loves celebration. And I believe that it's important for us this season to stop and celebrate Him because we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to celebrate this season. In in Luke chapter 2, we see this familiar story. Look at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, in case you needed a reference. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, while they were there, Let me talk about there for a moment. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe maybe you need to know what it means to be there. You see, Mary was a teenage girl, had a pretty good life set up for her. She She was pledged to be married to a man with a good job, a good reputation, came from a good family, had a pretty good plan set out for her for her life. But one night, an angel visits her and says, Mary, blessed are you, for the favor of God rests upon you. And she says, "The favor of God, this is fantastic. What do I get? Do I get is it the Powerball? Am I going to come up? I mean, is, what's about to happen to me? The favor of God is upon me. This is fantastic. What is it?" And the angel says, "It's a baby." And she said, "A what now? <laughs> a who? I thought you said the favor of God. A baby, and Mary would be the one to bear the Messiah. And this is a great honor, and we know it now, and we honor Mary." But this is terrifying for a teenage girl in a culture and in a town of about 300 people where people talk, where, where even though she's pledged to be married to this man, she knows what the law allows if there's been any kind of adultery. She goes to Joseph, and she says, Joseph, I've got to tell you something. He says, what's going on, Mary? You can tell me anything. You know, we're getting married. And he says, she says, well, I was visited by an angel. And he said, weird start. Let's keep going. And she says, he told me that the favor of God is upon me. And Joseph's like, thank goodness. The favor of God is upon us. What is it? What's going to happen? What's the blessing? What's the promise? What do we get? And she says, I'm pregnant with God's baby. And Joseph said, all right, but seriously, what's his name? Where can I find him? It says Joseph had in his heart to divorce her quietly. What a good man. The law allowed him to do a lot more to hurt her, to harm her reputation. But Joseph was going to divorce her quietly. He didn't believe her. Why would he? It had been 400 years since anyone had received any kind of word or revelation from God. The longest period of silence since the time of Moses. And now Joseph was supposed to believe his betrothed wife that she was carrying the Messiah pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Joseph, he couldn't buy that. I don't know how much time passed before the angel visited Joseph. But I bet it was excruciating. I can imagine the hurt that Mary must have felt in her heart. And I can imagine the betrayal of trust that Joseph must have felt. And then the angel sees that Joseph is about to ruin the whole thing. And he goes and he talks to Joseph and says, Joseph, it's true. You're going you're to raise the son of God. And his name will be Jesus. And Joseph says, okay, let's do this thing. So these two people, now the whole village is talking. They're not married yet. Mary's pregnant, it's beginning to show. And now all of a sudden, Caesar has decreed there will be a census. And so Joseph has to take his pregnant young wife to a town that they've barely ever spent any time in for a period of time. They don't know how long they're gonna be there, but they've gotta go. And on the other side of it is a census, on the other side of a census is a tax. Fantastic. Financial strain, a baby, and an unplanned vacation. Things are going very well. Let's make it even better. There's no cars. And so Mary, who is nine months pregnant, is going to ride to Bethlehem on a donkey. If you've been pregnant, I don't think you want to ride on a donkey pregnant. Doesn't sound like a great way to travel. I don't want to travel that way. I can imagine my pregnant wife wouldn't either. But they do it. And they get to Bethlehem. Okay, we're here, God. Where's some of that favor now? I could use it. Because it feels like everything that I try to do just goes backwards on me. It feels like everything just keeps falling apart. So God, where's a little bit of that favor now? And they kept knocking on doors asking who had a spare room for them to stay. And it turned out there were no rooms. How could this get any worse? What could get any worse than this? There's no rooms. Hey, I've got a cave out back. It's got some cows in it, a few sheep, plenty of room for you in there. Fantastic. Favor upon us. And while they were there, while they were there, understand, there. Do you know what there is? Are you there this morning? Does it feel like everything just keeps happening all at once? Does it feel like you had great dreams and great promise? great reason in your life and then all of a sudden things just started going the wrong way and nothing ever just goes the wrong way once does it there's always another thing right around the corner and another thing right after that and it just feels like there is never going to end and while they were there it came time for the baby to be born you see even right there in that worst moment even right there in that place where things just aren't going right that's where Jesus shows up in the picture right there in that moment where it feels like you're all alone and there's nowhere else to go and there's not not a good day in sight, right there, it came time for the Messiah to enter the earth. That's who Jesus is. He's the God of there. He's the one that shows up when we don't think he will. He's the one that shows up when we think there couldn't be a reason to celebrate. There couldn't be joy for us. While they were there, he showed up. Let's keep looking at the story. Let's look at these shepherds in verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I like the King James because it says they were sore afraid. They were sore afraid. But the angel said to them, do not be sore afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Here's what you need to know about you. You're wondering, is he going to do this about every word in the story? It's going to take all day. A Savior has been born to you. You see these shepherds, they were outcasts, they were nobodies. They weren't even allowed to go worship in the temple because they were considered unclean. They were thought of as the lowest of the low. They were the misfits, the people who, when they walked through town, everybody kind of got out of the way. There was a specific ritual they had to do to cleanse themselves before they were allowed to go to church. Unto this day, born to you. Have you ever felt like the misfit? Have you ever felt like the outcast? Have you wondered if your life has made you unworthy of worship? Have you wondered if Your life, your choices, or the things that have happened to you or around you or even through you have made it so you you don't deserve to be in the presence of, of God. You don't deserve His goodness, His grace. Unto you today, unto you today is born a Savior. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, responding in the only way they could, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told." It's not the circumstances you find yourself in this year. It doesn't matter how hard it's been, or what you've lost, or where you are financially. It doesn't matter what kind of gifts you did or didn't buy. We have a reason to celebrate this Christmas, because while we were there, and unto us was born this day in Bethlehem a Savior who would bring peace to all on whom his favor rests. There's peace for you this Christmas. There's peace for you this morning. Rest. There is a Savior for you today, and it is worth our celebration. Let me remind you how to celebrate this morning. First, we celebrate with praise. See, I told you my favorite Christmas song is Christmas, baby, please come home. I also like It's Christmas Time, It's the the Elvis one. It's Christmas Time, baby. I like that one too. I love it, man. I like the bluesy ones and I just, you know, just the the guy that is just broken hard down. Those are great Christmas songs. I'm going to listen to them throughout the next three days, I promise you. But what I want to change in my life and in my heart and on my playlist is I want to make sure that the Christmas songs that matter most to me, that get played first for me, are songs of worship and praise. Because this is a season for worship. I mean real worship. The worship that kind of comes out from deep inside your bones. The kind of praise that comes from the darkest places. Do you know what I mean? I mean real worship. I mean when we praise him this, this Christmas, this season, when we celebrate him, let's get on our face and declare that he is holy this Christmas season. If you need help, One of my favorite Psalms is one of the ones I read in the mornings a lot because it's a great way to start your day. Psalm 150 goes like this Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty heavens, praise Him for His acts of power, praise Him for His surpassing greatness, praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. That doesn't mean to bring a tambourine into service. Please don't. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The whole point of this message, this Christmas, if you need it simplified, is don't forget to worship the King. Remember to worship first, to worship because he's worthy of our worship and to praise him because he is, he deserves our praise from deep down inside of us. And when you worship, celebrate with joy. And I want to talk to you about the difference between happiness and joy for just a minute because happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is something that we all want. We all want to feel, but it can be taken away so easily it can be lost so easily. When I'm in the right place uh, in stature, I've got happiness. When I'm in the right place financially, I've got happiness. When I'm in the right place relationally, I've got happiness. But the moment that that stature fades, that those finances f- disappear somehow. I don't know what happened. Merry Christmas. So at the, at the, moment, at the moment that those relationships break, so does our happiness. See, joy is not like that. Joy comes from the Lord. See, joy comes from God, and joy isn't something that depends on our circumstances. No, joy is a choice. We choose joy. We make a decision to say, today, no matter what happens to me, no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what's on the other side of this door, I'm going to enter into it with joy. It's going to come from deep down inside of me. It's going to come out of my bones, and it's going to lead me to celebrate in a new way. There's a story in the Bible, there's a book called Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is one of the great leaders in the Old Testament. He lived in a time when the Israelites had been exiled from Jerusalem for a long time, and they were finally able to come back. But the problem was the city had been destroyed, the walls were broken, the buildings were shattered, the temple was destroyed. And God put it in Nehemiah's heart to rebuild it. And so he goes back and he does all this hard work. He works really hard for a really long time with people that are hard to convince to work with him. But they rebuild these walls. But once they've rebuilt these walls, there's still a lot of work to be done. Have you ever gotten to the place where you think this is a good moment, but all you can think about is all the work that's on the other side of it. All you can think about is I should be happy right now, But what about this, this, and this that still aren't done yet, that just aren't finished, that I've got to get to? When am I going to get to that? I can't stop and celebrate this right now because I've got to get over there to that. That was where Nehemiah found himself. But in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, he says, to all the people who are weary and tired and only thinking about what's next, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send send some to those who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, when we let joy be at the center of our celebration instead of happiness, it gives us strength. It makes us stronger. It lifts us up in a new way. It restores you in a new way. I would encourage you this Christmas, choose joy. Don't try to find happiness. Let joy be what what fuels your celebration This holiday season, Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How we celebrate here in our attitude and joy matters more than the traditions and the food and the trees and the decorations. It's this attitude that leads to celebration. So let your attitude be one of joy. Joy that you've chosen joy because Jesus came. And joy because he's going to come back. In John chapter 16 verse 22, he's sitting with his disciples and they're sad because he's been telling them that he's getting ready to leave. This is at the last supper. And he's telling them that they're getting ready that he's getting ready to leave and they're sad and he says, "So with you now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice. And no one will be able to take away your joy. A day is coming when he will wipe away every tear, when every hard moment, every hardship, everything that is not fair, that is broken in this world, in this life, it's going to fade away and nothing will be able to touch your joy. And I want you to know that because of Christmas, you can get a piece of that right here today. You can get get a taste of it right now. A joy that he came to bring you. A joy that he wants you to experience, not to see or hear about, but to feel it deep down inside of you. We can celebrate with joy. Last way I'd encourage you to celebrate this morning is with intention. Celebration doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen just because it's Christmas, as many of us have learned. It happens when we intentionally Celebrate. When we say this is the day that the Lord has made, and so I will rejoice and be glad in it. When we say this is the day that Jesus came and He came for me, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that every moment of today, no matter where my circumstances have been, no matter what's happened this year, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, it doesn't matter today with intention I'm gonna celebrate because my God is worthy of celebration because the miracle that this day represents should be celebrated on this day and every day for the rest of eternity. And so I'm going to wake up and today I'm going to celebrate what my king has done for me. There's a story in 2 Samuel chapter 6. David of David and Goliath fame has been the king for some time. And you see, in those days, the presence of God was on a Ark of the Covenant a big gold box and that gold box carried the actual presence of God with it and it had been out of the holy city for a while it had, it had gone to war it had been in other people's homes. they'd stored it places and it hadn't been there in the city and David could feel that the presence of God hadn't been there and so it was time for it to come home and the Bible says that as the Ark came into the city David couldn't contain himself he was dancing and singing and it said he was jumping all around and bringing praises to the holy one praising God for his presence he was doing it so much that his wife was embarrassed how many of you know you can you can celebrate too much and embarrass your wife David's wife said listen you're making a fool out of yourself you're half naked dancing around in the streets what are you doing you got to stop this David just looked at her and said I will become even more undignified than this for the presence of God has returned it is here he's here he's here right now and it's worth a celebration and it says he danced all the harder afterwards listen to me the presence of God is here He's come. It's not in a box anymore. It's not in a temple. We don't have to travel to go visit it. We don't have to go find it. No, you can find the presence of God right now, right here in this room. He will come and dwell inside of you just as he came that day in Bethlehem. I'm telling you, you can experience the presence of God. And when you do, I hope... That your reaction will be like the way David reacted. That you won't be able to contain yourself. That you'll be dancing around. That you'll that you that you'll leave your shirt on, please. But that you'll still just worship and praise him with everything that you've got. Because this Christmas, he's worthy of our worship. And he deserves our praise. And I just I just want to celebrate in a way that matters. I want to celebrate what he's done for me. What it means, the reason for this holiday. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are, God. I thank you, Lord, that that you came to this place, Father. That while we were there, you showed up. That in the moments where we felt the most alone, when we felt empty and broken and lost, that it was there that you came. That you found us. That you would be with us. Thank you, Emmanuel. God with us for your presence this morning we worship you and we celebrate you with everything that we have God all of it the poetry the painting the music Lord all of it this is just this is our sacrifice for you God this is our moment of worship our moment of celebration it's yours may they be sweet sounds to your ears be glorified through all of it Lord we worship you we honor you